Genesis chapter 4 from verse 1. Now Adam knew his wife, and she conceived and bore Cain, and said, I have acquired a man from the Lord. Then she bore again, and this time his brother Abel. Now Abel was a keeper of sheep, but Cain was a tiller of the ground. And in the process of time, it came to pass that Cain brought an offering of the fruit of the ground to the Lord. Abel also brought of the firstborn of his flock and of their fat. And the Lord respected Abel and his offering, but he did not respect Cain and his offering. And Cain was very angry, and his countenance fell. So the Lord said to Cain, Why are you angry, and why has your countenance fallen? If you do well, will you not be accepted? And if you do not do well, sin lies at the door, and its desire is for you, but you should rule over it. Now Cain talked with Abel his brother, and it came to pass, when they were in the field, that Cain rose up against Abel his brother, and killed him. Then the Lord said to Cain, Where is Abel your brother? He said, I do not know. Am I my brother's keeper? And he said, What have you done? The voice of your brother's blood cries out to me from the ground. So now you are cursed from the earth, which has opened its mouth to receive your brother's blood from your hand. When you till the ground, it shall no longer yield its strength to you. A fugitive and a vagabond, you shall be on the earth. And Cain said to the Lord, My punishment is greater than I can bear. Surely you have driven me out this day from the face of the ground. I shall be hidden from your face. I shall be a fugitive and a vagabond on the earth. And it will happen that anyone who finds me will kill me. <laughs> Isn't that amazing? A murderer who murdered his brother is afraid for his life that, that someone is going to kill him. And the Lord said to him, Therefore, whoever kills Cain, vengeance shall be taken on him sevenfold. And the Lord set a mark on Cain, lest anyone finding him should kill him. Praise be to God. Now we're going to go to verse 1. And we're going to start from verse 1. Now God bears witness to God's word that God is giving to us at this hour. I have not read this chapter. This week, last week, last month, the previous month, or even this year. This is something that the Spirit of the Lord just brought when the Holy Spirit was praying through and He was finishing the prayer before we went into God's word. As the prayer was finishing up, the Spirit of the Lord said, This is what I'm going to speak to my people today. Our God is a good God. Our God is a righteous God. Our God is a just God. And our God is a compassionate God. Now, when we look at God's creation, God created Adam, God created Eve, the first parents of human race. God created Adam in his image. In whose image? In God's image. God created Adam in God's image. He fashioned him. He fashioned him according to the image of God. So God created Adam in God's own image. Just like God, he made him. It's a smaller version. Adam is a smaller version of God. Now there's a big difference though between a smaller version and a 
bigger version. A bigger version is a multiplication of many, many, many folds of the smaller version. But the smaller version, however, contains some of the qualities of the, or all of the qualities of the bigger version in a smaller capacity. That means there are limitations set for the smaller version. God made Adam in his image because he wanted man to be just like him. Now when we look at the Bible, Jesus says in Matthew chapter 5, Be ye perfect as your Father in heaven is perfect. He says, be just like him. And then there's another scripture that says, Be ye holy, for your Father in heaven is also holy. As God is holy, I am holy, be ye holy, God says also. So when you look at it, God says, be like me. God says, be like me, be like me. And Jesus says, be like your Father in heaven. And when we look at what God's intention was when he created human beings, his intention was to produce a replica of him so that man can accomplish the will of God. Number one is being a worshipper of God. Now angels were created beings too. They are created beings. But they are not created in the image of God. Man has been created in the image of God. So even though angels are worshipping God. The whole heavenly hosts are worshipping God. Man is a unique creation of God. Created in the image of God. To worship God Almighty. We are created by God to worship Him. Now God created Adam. To have fellowship with God. If you're taking notes, please take this down. We are created in the image of God to worship Him. That's number one. Number two, we are created in the image of God to have fellowship with Him. That's two. Third is, we are created in the image of God to do the works of God. I can give you scriptures for all of these things. But I'm just going with the flow of the Holy Spirit, giving you the points first as the Lord is giving me to give it to you. We are created in the image of God to worship God. We are created in the image of God to have fellowship with God. We are created in the image of God to do the works of God. Now, Adam was created in the image of God to do all these things. God created him in his image to worship him, to have fellowship with him and to do his works, to do his will. In order to do all of these things, he needed God's power and God had put that in man to accomplish the things God wanted him to. So with the limitations, within the limitations, he had the capacity to do everything that God wanted him to accomplish. Praise be to God. Our God will never call us to do something without equipping us to do what he wants us to do or giving us the ability to go and get it from him. God is just. And God's intentions are always good. He wanted us to do what God does. In a smaller scale, we can't do everything that God does. But we can do what God wants us to do according to His perfect will. Now, we see Adam being a human being who was created in the image of God. And Eve being a human being who was created in the image of Adam. A bone taken from Adam, Eve was made. Both of them together were created in the image of God. Now, from them comes what? The fallen nature because man fell by transgression. He fell by committing sin. He fell by unbelief. He fell by disobedience. 
Where does disobedience come from? Disobedience comes from rebellion. Where does rebe- rebellion come from? Rebellion comes from unbelief. If Eve would have not listened to Satan, she would have continued to have fellowship with God. Now we have to understand, we are created to worship God, we are created to have fellowship with God, and we are created to do the works of God. However, we cannot worship God, we cannot have fellowship with God, we cannot do the works of God if we have sin in our lives. Once rebellion comes in, by unbelief, once a person starts listening to the voice of the devil, once a person starts doing what Satan wants them to do, what happens? They are no longer in communion with God. You cannot have fellowship with God. So the purpose with which God created man now at that point gets thwarted, gets diverted. You are on the right road. All of a sudden what happens? You take your eyes off the road and you're talking and talking and you miss the exit and you don't even know that you missed the exit. Fifteen minutes of driving past the exit, you realize, oh, I missed the exit. Now there are some people who will be talking and then they will see the exit but they cannot turn into that exit. They pass by because you know what? It was too late. You should have switched lanes maybe three minutes before that or even two minutes before that but you just missed it. Now you cannot go back. So what happens? They have to keep going and then go to the next exit and take a detour and then somehow come back. But you know what? The point is, the exit was missed. God is speaking to us at this hour. People can get on the right road to heaven. Salvation, initial salvation. Someone can get saved. So happy that now you are on your way to heaven and you are on the right road. But then, Satan brings lots of other things. Things over here, things over there, all kinds of things. And you take your eyes off of the road. You take your eyes off of the landmarks that you need to constantly keep your eyes on. Before you had GPS, you had to go by the landmarks. If you have GPS, you need to keep your eyes on the GPS. If you miss that, you will miss the exit. You will miss your destination. How many times you will have, say, 485 number here? And you'll be talking and you'll miss 485 and just go past and somewhere there, 700 and see, oh no, I have to come back. Why? Because you didn't pay attention. For many people, they don't know the area. They didn't pay attention. Either way, whether you know the area or you don't know the area, you need to pay attention. Even for someone who really knows the area, if they are not paying attention to anything, they are not going to make it. So it is so important for us to be alert to where we are. Write this down. Be sober, be vigilant for your adversary, the enemy, Satan. He is going around looking to see whom he may devour. Who is that? Satan. He's going around to see whom he may devour. God is speaking to our hearts at this hour. Never be satisfied because you're on the right road. You can be on the right road, but completely go on something else. Just because you did not pay attention. Because you thought, oh, I know this already. You know how many people who are very confident when they are driving have gotten into very serious accidents? How many people were overconfident saying that, oh, I'll be fine. And they missed everything. 
because they were overconfident equals pride equals carelessness all kinds of things happen when one is overconfident in themselves god is speaking to our hearts at this hour god has put us on that road to heaven it's called the salvation road it's called the narrow road i hope you're taking notes the road to heaven is called the salvation road the road to heaven is called the narrow road the road to heaven is also called the path of the cross these are all the same road the road to heaven is also called the path of humility the road to heaven is also called the path of holiness the road to heaven is called the path of righteousness the road to heaven is also called the path of zion when we understand that god in his mercy took us and washed us in his own precious blood when we said yes to jesus and we said lord take my life and let it be consecrated lord to thee he put us in that path to heaven praise be to god many people are not in that path so it's a big deal If you're on the road to heaven it's a big deal because it caused the blood of Jesus not because we've done something extraordinary no that is what we need to do for our souls so that we don't end up in the lake of fire so we're doing ourselves a favor we're not doing God a favor we're doing ourselves a favor God does favor us he sent his son and he died on the cross for us and he put us in that path to heaven the path of righteousness Now we being in the path of righteousness we've heard this many times should never look down on others who are not should never say that oh well I am here in this path of righteousness and walk around with pride those who walk around with pride are bound to miss the mark bound to miss the mark because this path is the path of humility when pride comes in fall comes in all of a sudden this is this is the picture that god is showing me right now that i'm seeing as i'm speaking the road to heaven is a path of humility the moment someone allows pride to enter in you know what the path of humility will do it will reject the person from that path because that path is for those who are humble so what will happen the road will throw them out where from the path of humility and where will they fall in the path of pride which is the broad way which is delusion in that path of pride you have many roads going within that path where one has pride religious pride one has pride racial pride one has pride economic pride one has pride educational pride. now these are all path called pride within the broad way and when that you have oh how i look oh how i sing oh how spiritual i am those are all paths of pride within the path called pride within that broad way in the path of the cross which is a path of humility which is a path of holiness there's no room for unrighteousness there's no room for unholiness there's no room for pride there's no room for ungodliness we have to understand when pride comes in automatically we'll be ejected out of the path of holiness we can't stay there because this path is for people who are humble when we allow pride to come inside what will happen we cannot stay in that path of humility any longer 
because by our own choice we choose to opt out of the path of humility which is the path of life so if you want to be the path of life always understand that you have to give yourself over to humility willingly willfully by choice moment by moment making sure that you are humble god resists the proud but he gives grace to the humble what happens whoever is proud god resists god himself will chuck them out eject them out of the path of humility they cannot stay there holiness when unholiness comes in defilement comes in they cannot stay in that path the bible says the way to zion is a highway of holiness and those who are hypocritical sinners will not be able to walk in it once again what happens when people presumptuously sin people are hard-hearted presumptuously go against the living god what happens to them automatically from that path of holiness they get ejected because they have opted themselves out of that path by choice to go into where the broad path from here they get thrown over there because there are only two roads you see they have to fall into that path and what happens they go on the cho- on the lane of their choice which is what whatever kind of a unclean spirit or unclean behavior they have given themselves over to they'll be overtaken now once they're thrown into that path this is what the holy spirit is showing me right now to give to you so take it very seriously when a person willingly makes the choice to give themselves over to immorality what will happen is when you are in the path of holiness and you give yourself presumptuously over to immorality when immorality comes and knocks on the door saying hey i am lewdness hey i am this hey i am that and you say oh wow i missed you for so long let me see how it is god will forgive anyway if you think that way understand in the path of holiness where you are there's no room for immorality because it's a holy path you know what will happen you will get ejected because you opted yourself out of the path of holiness and you'll be thrown into the path of what you desired for god gives you up gives you over to that immoral path so whatever shape and form of immorality is within that broad road called immorality within the broad road itself of destruction you will fall into the path of whatever immorality is be it pornography be it flirting whatever it is those are all separate paths leading to destruction destination is the same but you run and you know what when a person is thrown into that path that they have chosen opting themselves out of the path of holiness guess who will take you for the ride that immoral spirit that you chose now will drive you you'll be driven by that spirit of lust you'll be driven by the spirit of pornography you'll be driven by the spirit of flirting lewdness and uncleanness and whatever it is same goes for covetousness same goes for jealousy same goes for whatever you can say oh it's his little jealousy really jealousy is a trait of lucifer no believer should have that jealousy is the nature of lucifer you cannot have jealousy and walk in that holy path we have to be very careful don't opt yourself off the path of god because what happens is you get ejected out and you get thrown in that broad path where the jealous people are and within that whatever you are jealous about you will fall into that path and be overtaken overcome by the spirit of jealousy now that will be the driving force not god anymore when you are in the narrow path and we are in the path of holiness the spirit of god will be the driving force the holy spirit will drive you 
we must be very careful when we are in the house of God, when we are in the presence of God, when we are in the path of the cross, when we are in the narrow path, make sure you keep yourself in the love of God. This is God's word. So I must make myself sure that I am in that path every day. Make sure that I am in that path. Make sure that I make the choice every single day to stay in that path. Same goes for bitterness. Same goes for unforgiveness. Same goes for enmity. Same goes for whatever sin it may be. Don't be presumptuous to opt yourself out of the path of God because you want to be somebody, because you think you are somebody. God is speaking to your hearts at this hour. Never let Satan come and make you feel like you are somebody to take you out of the path of God. That's what Satan will do. When he came to Eve, Satan came and he said, Oh, Eve, did God really say that? Eve had everything that anyone would want. The entire world to herself. A husband that was created by God. All the fruit that you can see. All the animals that you can see. Everything that God made for Adam and Eve, Eve had that. And above everything, she had God himself with her every evening, cool of the day. She was walking with God. What happened to Eve? What happened to Eve? Eve was not content when Lucifer brought discontentment to Eve. Eve was fine before that. But she walked to where God said, don't go. And when she went to a place where God said, don't go, guess who was waiting? Lucifer was waiting. Write this down. Anytime you go to the grounds that God tells you not to go to. Anytime you go to the place where you know that you should not go to. Anytime you go to the border of immorality. Anytime you go to the border of anger. Anytime you go to the border of bitterness. Anytime you go to the border of pride. Anytime you go to the border of envy. Guess who will be there? Lucifer will be there. You leave the place where God has for you. And you go to somewhere where God told you not to go to. Lucifer will be there. Lucifer was there waiting. He was waiting for Eve. And guess what happened? Eve lost everything because she made the choice to listen to Lucifer. Not only was she there where Lucifer was. She listened to Lucifer. Now everything that God gave, so beautifully given, made perfect. All of a sudden, discontentment came in. Lucifer was not someone who just imposed discontentment into Eve. No. Eve was not someone who was discontent before. No. But there was some exchange that took place when Eve went and stood where she was not supposed to stand. God is speaking to our hearts at this hour. How does spiritual decline take place? How does a fall from grace take place? Is something we must understand. Never take the grace of God for granted. We must be very careful. Eve went and stood where she should not have stood. Eve went and heard what she should not have heard. Never take uncleanness, immorality, seduction, Whatever filth that is out there, lightly. Never take it lightly. Never say, well, I can listen to it today. It's not going to bother me. That's Lucifer. Well, you think you're so strong, stronger than God, who says, don't have anything to do with the deeds of darkness. He knows your heart. He knows if you go to the border of immorality where Lucifer is, guess who has more power than you? Lucifer, not you. 
because you left the place of protection. You're not supposed to walk and go there. Lucifer was waiting. She went there. She heard him speak. That was it. All of a sudden this discontentment came. All of a sudden the trust and the faith that she had in God disappeared. All of a sudden she started believing Lucifer. All of a sudden she gave herself over to Lucifer. All of a sudden she got the fruit that she should not have. Based on what Lucifer said. All of a sudden she ate the fruit that she should not have. Based on what Lucifer said she did. And what happened after that? She was chased out of the garden of Eden. She lost the glory of God. She lost everything. And now as a result of that, a generation is being produced. Be very careful. What you do will affect you and your generation. The sins you commit will affect you and your generation. The sins you commit will affect you and your generation. Be very careful. Whatever choice you make, be very careful of what choice you make. Just like how it's important for you to know what you're eating. If you are not careful, be careful with what you're eating. Don't say, well, I eat whatever I want to eat. I grab whatever is there. No. If you know that this body needs to live in order to serve God, you don't grab whatever is there. Think about what goes into your body and make sure you're treating your body the way God wants you to treat your body. Your body is not a garbage dump to put anything and everything. Make sure that you're doing what is right before God because your body is the temple of the living God. Eat what is right before God. Giving yourself over to the spirit of gluttony is not of God. To eat whatever. Sometimes some people use the word cravings. Where is the word craving coming from? Craving is something that comes from outside. But you give yourself over to craving is what? Is giving yourself to lack of self-control. When you give yourself over to whatever craving that is out there, you give yourself over to the spirit of lack of self-control. That means at that point, you have no control over what you are doing. Because you have chosen whatever desire that comes from outside to give yourself over to that. Well, that is not the fruit of the Spirit, by the way. It is a nature that comes from part of the nature of Lucifer. It is important to be people of self-control. If you are following God, then your heart must be one with God Almighty. If you are walking in the narrow path, you need to make sure that what you're doing is acceptable before God Almighty. That you're treating your body with respect and with care. That you don't do anything that will harm your body that God has given. Remember, you get this body only one time. Health comes one time. You let it get affected. You can try to manage with broken health. But you can never take it back to where it was unless God does a miracle for you graciously. If you're presumptuously doing things, don't expect God to do a miracle for you. It's not going to happen that way. If you take the grace of God and treat it like trash, don't expect that after this I'll go to God and God will heal me. It's not going to happen. Healing is not something that is equal to magic where, oh, when you come to church, a healing service, you know, I'll do all of these things and I come healing, healing service and, you know, healing will be mine. No, 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 no. Healing comes from the blood of Jesus and Jesus 
shed his blood on the cross of Calvary to give us healing and by his stripes every stripe that Jesus bore caused him tremendous pain his body was open broken open so that your body can be made whole so it is very important when we go for healing we need to know that we are not doing anything to damage our bodies now Eve did what she should not have done she went against the very God who made her who made the whole world, who gave everything to her. She went and listened to Lucifer who said, well, did God really say that? God doesn't want you to become bigger than him. What happened to Eve all of a sudden? The joy that she had with walking with God and so excited of everything that's there, all of a sudden that's all gone. Huh. I can't get bigger than God? No. Where did the thought come from? Where did the desires come from? By giving ear to Lucifer. Faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. Guess what? The opposite of that. Unbelief in God. Doubting God. Going against God. Comes from giving your ear to Lucifer. When you give your ear to the word of God. Faith in God. Trusting in Him. Going after Him. All those things take place in your heart. In your mind. But when you give your ear to Lucifer, to false teaching, to false spirits, to seductive demons, what happens? What happens when you listen to God will happen when you listen to the devil. It has a strong pull. Why? Because you went to his territory and you heard his voice. May God speak to our hearts today. That is why God's word says, submit to God, resist the devil and he will flee from you. Now, Adam fell. Because Adam listened to his wife. There's a caution here. There are some people who have direct contact with the Lucifer. There are some people who will have contact with people who have contact with Lucifer. Both yield the same results. When you look at it, the results are going to be exactly the same. They are being taken away from God Almighty. They will take the path of destruction. Why? Just like how Lucifer had an impact on the one who went to Lucifer. And that person has already fallen. That person who was given ear to Lucifer now has the same power. Has the same nature. To what? Make another person fall. This is why God's word very clearly says... Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the path of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful. That's the first thing God says in Psalm 1. Before the book of Psalms goes into the other things that God has, the beginning of Psalms says that. First thing, don't go near ungodly counsel. Don't go near sinners. Don't go in the path of the wicked. Why? Because it will pull you down. It has power. Never underestimate the power of Satan. Never underestimate the power of people who have delusion. Never underestimate the power of family or friends who are ungodly. Satan who pulled Eve down used Eve to pull Adam down. That's why God's word says evil company corrupts good moral good morals. 
No matter how much goodness you have, you bring evil, you invite evil, or you partake evil, because it's your will first going to where you should not be going, now you become weak, and evil becomes stronger. It's not that goodness is weakness, no. Evil is strong, no. When you go to where evil is, at that point, you are selling yourself to evil. You're saying, this is what I want. You're pulled by that lust that evil brings. Enticement, and you go there. If you look at Jesus Christ, if you look at John the Baptist, if you look at Samuel, if you look at Daniel, if you look at Joseph, if you look at the men and women of God in God's word, when Satan came to them, they knew how to resist the devil. They knew how to resist the devil. Eve did not resist the devil. Eve became a partaker of unrighteousness. Eve also caused her husband to fall because her husband came to where Eve was. And her husband became a partaker of unrighteousness because her husband gave heed to the voice of Satan that came through Eve. When Eve went and stood there and listened and she sinned, what happened? The spirit that was speaking to her now went inside of her, made her a vessel to draw who? Adam. To cause him to fall. Did Adam have a say in it? Absolutely. Adam, the moment he saw Eve, he said, what in the world are you doing? You shouldn't be standing there. Get away from there. He should have said that. But you know what? No. He walked and he went and he stood and he heard what Eve said. And he didn't do anything about it. There's no resisting there. All of a sudden, what happens to Adam? Adam, the one who was created in the image of God, the one who was walking with God, the one who actually received the command directly from God, not Eve, it was Adam who received the command from God, as to not touch the tree of knowledge of good and evil. Adam is standing there, finding himself, what? Deluded by the spirit of delusion that came through Eve. Be, be very careful. Don't say, well, I'm strong. That's not going to happen. The devil is not going to do anything to me. Guess what? You'll be the first one to fall. If you think that this is not going to happen, then you, you will fall. These are not my words. The Bible says that. Those of you who are standing, take heed lest you fall. You have to be very careful. Never be overconfident over anything because that is the symptom of pride. Now, we're going to go down here. Adam, after falling into sin, Eve, after falling into sin, now they are begetting two children. She conceived and she bore. Now, in the Garden of Eden, there was forgiveness. There was all these things that God did for them because God had mercy on both of them and God forgave both of them and He clothed them with lambskin. They had fig leaves before small-minded, right? They didn't even know. Once the sun comes, the leaves are going to dry out. But God came and the Lord said, I want to give you something better to cover you. And first sacrifice that took place in the Garden of Eden for the remission of their sin, a lamb. And then He covered them with the lamb skin. After they receive the forgiveness, they have to face the consequence. Always remember. Never think that, oh, I can commit sin and then I go and say sorry to God and it's all over. No. God forgives. But you know what? Consequences are there. The consequence that Adam and Eve reaped 
as a result of what they did, is something that we can never forget. Same happens to this day. If we're not careful. What happened to them? They lost the garden. They lost the life that God made. The original plan of God for Adam and Eve was gone. It was gone. The garden that God gave them and made them into someone to really till the garden, tend the garden, it's yours, was gone. And what happened? There was an angel with a drawn out sword placed at the entrance of the garden that they may no longer enter in. The fellowship they had with God every evening they were walking with God was gone. Yes, they were forgiven. But these are the things Adam and Eve lost. We cannot forget that and we should not forget that. If we don't remember the consequence of sin and we just think that, oh well, we are covered and God does everything and everything is fine, we will be in delusion. The wages of sin is death. But the gift of God through Jesus Christ is eternal life. However, there are consequences for sin. The wages of sin, death is eternal death. God delivers us from that. Thanks be to God for the blood of Jesus. But the choice that we make presumptuously, they all carry consequences. Generationally, they carry consequences. Now, from Adam and Eve we see, generationally they carried the consequence. All through humanity. You see, a woman suffers when she has childbirth, just like God said. You see, men and women, they work hard. Their lives are not like how God meant it to be, full of joy and bliss, no. Lots of sorrow. With sorrow, income comes in. Even top businessmen, they have to break their heads. Lose sleep over getting profit. Nothing comes like this. However, only God's people who are walking with God, who are walking in the path of holiness, they receive the blessing from God without sorrow with it. That's a blessing from God, that God gives to God's people. Adam knew his wife, this is after the fall, and she conceived and she bore Cain and said, I have acquired a man from the Lord. She understood the fall and when she had the baby the first son that she got she knew that this child was from God because God created us now this child has come looks just like us smaller version when you think about yourself and you think about your baby the baby is so small you look at it it's a smaller version of you and your spouse smaller version can that smaller version do what you're doing absolutely not But does a smaller version have the potential to do what you are doing someday? Absolutely. That's how it was when God created human beings. God is God, you see. Very different. But He made us in His image because of His goodness. God wanted man to rise up, to be like Him. You cannot be Him, but you can be like Him. And that's the goodness of God's heart. God wanted man to be like him. And he made him in his image. And he gave him everything. There's power in our words. There's power in God's word. God's word is more powerful than all the powers of darkness put together. But there's power in 
darkness. God's power is greater than all the powers of darkness, but there is power in darkness, understand. So when you partner with darkness, the dark power will overtake you. Unless you have God to deliver, you are doomed forever. Now, Adam and Eve had the child, and the child's name was Cain, and he was given a good name. I have received this man, child, from the Lord. The child has come from God. This boy baby is from God. Acknowledging God Almighty. That's Cain's name. Now, next child comes. So this child has been given by God. When God gave Cain to Adam and Eve, God had a blueprint for Cain. This is the first child. First child in human race. First delivery. First child. To the man and woman who are made in the image of God. God had a plan for Cain. And then we see Eve had another baby. She bore again and this time another boy child. The child's name was Abel. Now Abel was the keeper of sheep. She had Cain who was given by God. We have we have Abel, who is another child from God as well. Both of them are doing two different jobs. As we know, every child in a family is different. Cain is working with the ground, with the field, a farmer. And you see, Abel is working with animals, being a shepherd. Both of them are working. Both of them had the concept of giving to God. The parents would have raised them up in the ways of God, showing that this is God, this is how God made us. We sinned and this is what happened. And sacrifice is important. We need to offer sacrifices to God. So they knew that they needed to sacrifice. Now, we see here, in the process of time, it came to pass that Cain brought an offering of the fruit of the ground to the Lord. He, what did Cain bring? He brought an offering. He brought an offering. He wanted to offer to God. He brought an offering. He knew he should. And it was from the fruit of his ground. So whatever was there, he took something from there and he brought it to God. Also, look over here. Abel also brought of his firstborn of his flock and of their fat. Abel is getting something from his produce. Very, very good stock that is there. Cain goes and gets something. Abel makes sure he gets the best for God. Both of them are offering. Now the Bible doesn't say that both of them came together and they offered together. No. One is offering at one time. The other is offering at another time. But one thing is made very clear here. When Cain offered his offering to God, God saw that. When Abel offered his offering to God, God saw that. When we offer our offerings to God, God sees that. Now we don't see here, you know, Adam saw this, Eve saw this, you know, the angel saw this. No. The most important person sees it because it's being 
done to God, offered to God. So whatever you give to God, whether it's tithes or offering, whether your labor or whether, you know, your, your body is a living sacrifice, whatever your mind, your talents, your skills, whatever you're doing for God, when you do it unto God, God sees it. Just like how Jesus was seeing it in the temple, when the widow came with the two mites, that's all she had, but she gave everything that she had to God. Jesus saw that. Jesus was standing there and seeing that. Jesus was seeing the offering here. Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, they were watching the offering here. The beginning offerings. God is watching. And the Lord respected Abel and his offering. God respected Abel and his offering. God acknowledged his offering. God said, I am receiving this offering. It's very important. This is very important. It's not about how much we give. It's not about even how we give. It is really about God. Is he going to receive it or not? That brings us to what does God like? God likes a broken and a contrite heart. God likes a pure heart. God likes a holy body consecrated to God. And then with that, when we give to God, according to what God has said in His Word, according to what God has said, you bring it according to His prescription. With a broken and a contrite heart, with humility, saying that I'm giving to the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. Then... God will have respect towards our offering. Now, God had respect towards Abel and his offering. Very important. God didn't have just respect towards Abel's offering. God respected Abel and his offering. I want you to highlight this because it's very important. God respects a person. God despises another person. We should be people who are respected by God. That's the most important thing. Whether anyone in this world will say anything about us or not doesn't matter at all. The creator of the whole world should respect us and respect our service to God. The creator of the earth should respect us and respect what we give to God. It is very, very, very important. We just think that, well, I want to just do this and I'm just going and doing this and I've been told do this, whatever it is I'm just going to do. Guess what? God will despise you and your work for God. That's what happened to Cain. We need to be respected by God and our work for Him needs to be received by God. Now, because of this what happened, God did not respect Cain and his offering. God acknowledges one And God does not acknowledge another. He says, I'm taking this, I'm rejecting this. Cain was very angry and his countenance fell. It was seen on his face. He was very upset. God didn't receive his offering. And God didn't respect him. Now, how the whole story took place is not described here. When we look at Mount Carmel, God led the prophet Elijah to pray for fire from heaven to come in, turn, take away, eat or receive that burnt offering. And we see God showed very powerfully everything including the stones were gone. 
water was gone, everything was gone. When you look at the way God comes and acknowledges the offering, every place in the Bible you see, the Lord comes, the fire of God will come. It could have happened that way. Or God could have spoken. Something was very visible that Cain knew that he was not respected by God and his offering was rejected by God. Very important. We need to be pleasing to God. God should have respect for us. That means God should say, these are my people, dependable people, like how God said about Job. Hey, have you seen my servant Job? You know how happy he was when he said that? He had high regard for Job. He had joy over Job. He was able to trust Job. God was not able to trust Cain. He had no respect for Cain. Why? Because Cain had no regard for God. God's word says, if we despise him, he will despise us. If we just do things, oh whatever, I have to just give it and I just give it in. When you give your tithes and offerings to God, don't do it just like how you pay your bills. This is not you're paying your bills. Don't do it like, oh I have to just do it, I just do it, somehow it just goes. I have to do it because it's a requirement, right? I have to just do it. God sees this. You have to do it with reverence unto God. You need to have that reverence for God when you give to God. You need to have the fear of the Lord when you give to God. You need to have holy hands when you give to God. Never take the things of God lightly. Never do anything for a show. Never do anything just to show yourself like, Oh, I am giving. It's very important. You know, I know sometimes people used to do this. In some churches, not here. I, you know, I don't see anything here. During the offering time, I you know, basically uh, pray and ask the Lord for the word that God would give for His people. And, and many of us, including our family, we all do online giving to God. That's not the time for anyone to be looking to see who is giving and who is not. God is the one who is seeing. It is before God a person gives. And this is important for us to know. I want to bring this example here. The Holy Spirit wants me to. When I was a child, I've seen people do this. When the offering used to be collected in the church, or in a meeting, whatever, the offering plate goes around, right? At that time what will happen there are some people because they don't want other people to think bad about themselves. They will take a note. It's one dollar, right? They don't want to show that it's a dollar coin, then it's embarrassing. So they'll take a one dollar note and put it as if they are putting ten dollars there. There's an example I'm giving. What are they doing? Do you think that that giving is acceptable by God? Now, if one dollar is what I have and it's a coin, or ten cents I have, it's a, it's a coin. 
but I'm giving that to God like the widow who did before God. It's acceptable by God. It's a pleasing sacrifice to God. But if you're doing it because someone is saying, I want to look like all of us are giving, you know, something and give one dollar to, you know, every single person there and say, all of you put it like one dollar. When you're putting it, you just show a little bit of the note over there. Oh, it's a note you're putting. It's an abomination to God because the offering that you're giving is to God and to God alone. He sees everything. We need to have that fear of the Lord in the heart. We need to have the reverence for God when we give. It is to God we are giving. You don't let your left hand know what your right hand is doing. You don't let your right hand know what your left hand is doing. Once you let it know, it's over. That's number one. Number two is when you give it with the wrong motive. Because people are saying, what will people think? I want to look good in their eyes. It's over. You're not giving to God. You're making a scene over there. May God help us to really come to the presence of the Lord in a rightful attitude, with a right attitude, in a manner that is pleasing to God. Cain was angry. He was very angry. Who did wrong? Cain did wrong. He despised God. He did not give his best to God. He was wrong. He despised God and God despised him. But he's upset that someone else was approved by God and he was not. May God help us never to be in Cain's place. Cain was angry. Why? Because of jealousy. Even though he was wrong, he was still angry. You see that? How demonic that is. How he justified himself of everything he did. How wicked he was. But even to him, God came and spoke to him. As a good father, God came and spoke to him. Many times when people are wicked, sometimes people will say, I mean, if they're so wicked, why are they even there? Why are you even keeping them there? You call that grace. God gives a long rope. God gives Space before the judgment of God will fall upon them. If they repent, good for them. If they don't, there's no hope. Because once they're cut off, they're cut off. Now, we see here, Cain was angry. And his countenance fell. God is coming and asking him, Why are you angry? And why has your countenance fallen? If you do well, will you not be accepted? And if you do not do well, sin lies at the door. Very important. He's saying, if you would have done it the right way, don't you think you would have been accepted? Because God is a just God. But if you don't do it right, what happens? This is very important, we need to understand. Our giving must be given with right intention, right motives, with a pure heart. Because we're giving to God. Never think that, oh, I'm giving to this cause, I'm giving to the church, or I'm giving to... We're giving to God through the church, that God is feeding us. But understand this, it is God who's watching it. God is the head of the church, God is watching it. Never do it hastily, never do it irreverently. Very important, never do it hastily, never do it irreverently. Even if it's online giving... 
Come with reverence before God. Before you do your online giving, pray. Give it with reverence before God. Just don't... This is not paying your bills. Understand this. This is giving to the Most High God. When you come to the house of God, if you're giving in person... Before you go to the offering box, make sure that your heart is right, your hands are clean before you give. Same goes for your online giving. If you would have not heard it anyway, hear it today. This is very important. If you do well, then you'll be acceptable. If you don't do well, what happens? Sin lies at your door. Not because, oh well, I gave something. Does that make you acceptable to God? No. You have to do it properly. You have to do it reverently before God. If not... What happens? Sin lies at the door. It's not about whether you gave or not. That's a whole different story. It's a whole different subject. But, even with giving, everything may look nice and fine. You can even get donation receipts and all those things. You can say, oh, well, I'm giving it because, you know, I want to get a big tax refund. Someone said this. Horrible. Sad disgusting when the motive is wrong the offering becomes a foul order to God never have ulterior motives when you come to the house of God when you come to give anything to God even singing worship whatever you're doing never stand at the house of God to sing because I want the next person to hear my voice I want everybody to know how well I sing at that moment remember sin will lie at your door because what you're offering becomes a disgusting thing to God. But when you shout out to God from the bottom of your heart, even if you don't know how to sing, but you are singing to God with all your might because it's just you and God, guess what? It will go as a sweet-smelling savor to God. When you break out of that mold of what who will see and who will think and who will hear, I don't want to sing because I don't want somebody to hear me. Well, who are you here for? Are you here to show yourself how you can sing or how you can't sing? Or are you there to worship the Almighty God? Our motives must be right. Make sure when you are in the presence of God that your attention, your eyes, your heart, your ears, everything is in tune with Jesus, Jesus, Jesus and Jesus alone. If that is not there, you can stay home. That's the truth. If that is not there, don't even come to the house of God with bad attitude. Come to the presence of God if you want God to fix your life. When you have trouble, come to the presence of God. I tell people this, which God tell, makes me to tell people. Even if you drank the previous night, come to the house of God. God can change you. What is the condition for that? Is oh God, I want to change. Help me. That's the condition for that. It's not that, well, Pastor said, if I drink last night, if I drank last night, I can come. So every, every Sunday, you know, Saturday night, I'm going to, you know, drink. And then Sunday, I'm going to still come to, you know, church and come however I want to in the presence of God. You can get smitten right there. You can get a disease right there. God's wrath will fall upon such people who take the presence of God lightly and pollute the house of God. We have to be very careful when we walk into the house of God. Walk with reverence. Be careful what you wear. Be careful how you conduct yourself. Be careful. Worship is not a place where we show our bodies. We show our voices. Worship is not the place. House of God is not the place. Where you come there to show yourself. No flesh should glory in the presence of God. 
If you are coming to the house of God because you want God to touch you, because you want to give your best to God, and it's all about Jesus, come. You want to come to the house of God. If you're going through a hard time, you want God to deliver you, come. If you have addictions, if you have problems, you have sickness, and you want Jesus to come there and help you, come. But never take the house of God for granted. And come there because, oh, this is just church, and I can come and do whatever I want to. Offering, I, you know, I'm giving the offering. Like, Ananias and Sapphira were struck by God. People who take the things of God for granted, take the presence of God for granted, take, take the house of God for granted, take God for granted, will be smitten by God in the house of God. It will happen in the house of God, right there. Just like our healings take place, people can fall sick, people can get diseases. I will take you to the section on communion later. Why we haven't had communion for, so, for probably about six months or so after the New Year's, there's a reason for that. The Lord told me, don't have communion because there are people who presumptuously partake and my wrath will come upon them. That's the reason why we have not held communion service since January. We must be very careful when we come to the house of God. We're coming to the house of God to praise Him, to worship Him, to offer to Him. He is the focus. He is the hero. He is everything. He is the object of worship. That's why we are there for. If that's not the reason why we're coming for, stay home. If that's not why we're coming to the presence of God, if Jesus is not your focus, stay home. This is not a club. The wrath of God will come upon the people who will come to defile the house of God. Now, if you do well, will you not be accepted? And if you do not do well, sin lies at the door. And its desire is for you, but you should rule over it. What is God saying over here? If you don't do well, what happens? What will lie at your door? Sin will lie at your door. Sin will take over. And what will happen? Sin will try to dominate you. Now you're going to have a fight over there. Those who walk in the Spirit, what will happen to them? They crucify the lust. They crucify everything. They have this overcoming power. Nothing will pull. Nothing will pull. What is repulsive to God will be repulsive to God's people. What is an abomination to God will be an abomination to God's people. That's how it will be. We have to be very, very careful. Satan will come. Satan will come to see if he can deceive possibly even the elect, God's word says. But to God's people, there's no fear because they'll be like Jesus. Satan came to Jesus hoping to pull him down, but he was not able to because the word of God himself was there. He was the word. And he gave Satan the word. It's so important not to have any other agenda than God's agenda. Not to have any other words other than the word of God. It has to be God's word in you, through you, to Satan, to evil people, to God's people, to those who are in need. What should come out? What goes in should come out. What should go in? 
The word of God. What should come out? The word of God. Nothing more, nothing less. Be a man and a woman of God's word. Now, God was so good. Before Cain could do something foolish, before Cain could do something that he would regret for the rest of his life, because he was so wicked, God came to Cain and God spoke to him. These are not the words that God spoke to Cain after Cain murdered Abel. God spoke to Cain before he did something foolish. But you know what? Cain had no regard for God. This is God Almighty who is saying that if you would have done it properly, I would have received yours. Do it properly. What do you think he should have done? He should have said, Oh Lord, forgive me. I should have done this properly. I should have done it like how Abel did it. I need to do this and go fix it. If you know you have done something wrong, and God is speaking to you, you know there are many people, when the Spirit of the Lord, out of God's mercy, will speak through God's servants, especially in a church like this, where God will directly speak, you know what they'll say, oh, I mean, not our church, people have not spoken like that, at least outwardly, this is what they would say, oh, this is directly coming to me, then it's, you know, an attack on me. It's the grace of God that is coming to you through the shepherd. God is speaking. God is saying, speaking something prophetically. You would have done in secret. But the Spirit of God is revealing through God's servant. At that time, instead of repenting, what happens? A hardening of the heart comes in. Spirit of Cain. What says is, oh, I'm being attacked. I don't want to be in the Bible study because I'm being attacked. I don't want to be foolishness. Because the salvation power of God is coming to you to rescue you from the pit that you've dug yourself into. But what happens? Pride. The trait of Lucifer when it's found in a person, it ejects them out of the presence of God and puts them on that pathway to hell. Broadway called pride. God speak to your hearts at this hour. When God speaks to you and when He gives the word to you in a meeting like this, or from the pulpit in the church. It's the same. The Spirit of God is speaking. Take it very carefully. When it comes like an arrow to your heart, know that it is the love of God that is coming to take you, to snatch you from that path of destruction and to place you in the path of life, provided you repent. If you don't, then what happened to Cain will happen to you. What happened? Cain gave himself more over to what? The murderous spirit. He's angry. His countenance fallen. God came and spoke to him. But what is he doing? He's despising God. He's despising what God has said. And what is happening to him? He has been ejected out of this road and he's been put into the other road because that's what he has chosen. And what has taken over him now? Murder. Murderous spirit has taken over Cain. Well, wasn't Cain the first child of human race? Oh yes. What happened to you, Cain? What happened to Cain? It was the choice that Cain made. Same goes for Abraham's grandson, Esau. First grandson. What happened to him? He was rejected by God. Because he despised what God gave him. Cain... Now, 
How did he murder his brother? Let's see this. Cain talked with Abel his brother. And it came to pass when they were in the field that Cain rose up against Abel and killed him. Rose up against his brother. Abel his brother and killed him. So Cain is not showing anything outwardly. Cain is being like very nice to his brother. Abel had no clue that Cain was going to murder him. They're having good conversations. But Cain is having this in his heart. I'm going to kill you. I'm going to kill you. And I'm going to kill you. So what happens? While everything looks like it's going good. While Abel is talking with Cain innocently. Cain rose up and he killed his brother Abel. What was God doing? Ask that question. Many times when people see things happening, they wonder. What was God doing? The very same God who saw the offerings. And he respected Abel. What was he doing when this was happening? Oh, well, he came and he received the offering of Abel. How come he was not there to protect Abel? What happened? How did he allow Cain to murder Abel? Why didn't God come and stop in the middle and say, Stop it right now. Well, he came on Mount Moriah and he stopped Abraham. How come he didn't stop Cain? How come he let Cain murder Abel? You know why? Because it was judgment time for Abel. It was God's judgment time for Abel. For Cain. It was God's judgment time for Cain. It was God's time. He did this. But guess where Abel was taken to? He was taken to the presence of God. God had respect for Abel. He would have had a very good honorable seat in heaven. Short life he lived. And he lived it in a manner that is pleasing to God. He was gone. He was gone to the presence of God. But what happened to his body? His blood fell on the floor. Because that's what happened when Cain murdered Abel. It started crying out to God. Why? Because it was innocent blood. When anyone sheds innocent blood, the blood that has been shed, the innocent blood that has been shed, will cry out to God. And God who sees the innocent blood that is being shed, because God allowed it to happen, will take vengeance over the murderer. He will mark the murderer. He will take vengeance over the murderer. Well, Abel died and he peacefully went to God. Well, even though he died and he was in a better place, the way he died was not something pleasant. He murdered him. Imagine how much pain he would have gone. Imagine what a shock he would have had. His own brother. Treacherous. Own brother. I trusted you. You talked to me even yesterday. While I was in the field, you were talking to me. I didn't know you were going to do this to me. He would have cried, Mommy, Daddy, nobody was there. He tricked him. Who? Cain. God already told him how to become acceptable for God. But you know what? He didn't want to do it the right way. Cain didn't want to do it the right way because of that. 
Abel suffered. Abel's blood was spilled on the ground. Guess who was watching? The very same God who was watching the offering was also watching murder taking place and didn't do a thing about it. Not because God is unrighteous. Because God is righteous. Because God wanted to take action here. Abel was removed out of the scene. He's gone to the presence of God. But in a very cruel way. Traumatic. Shocking. Painful way. Now that innocent blood that was shed there. Cried out to God. And God answered that. We have to be very careful. When it comes to shedding innocent blood. Be very careful. Because payment time will be there. Cain was someone who had so much anger. God saw his countenance. Abel didn't know. Poor Abel didn't know. God saw Cain's countenance and God came and spoke to him. Even after he spoke to him, Cain was wicked. Because he was wicked, he held everything inside and he spoke very nicely on the outside. Hello my brother, I care for you and how is your flock doing? Well, I was praying for you last night. I love you so much. I'll help you. And all along in his heart, I want to kill you. And what did he do? He executed his plan by deceiving his brother. He executed his plan when he got him in a place where he wanted him to be gotten. Guess what? The very same God who rejected Cain was watching what Cain was doing. God is watching over this church. God is watching over people like Abel. And God is also watching over people like Cain. This is the word of the Lord that is coming to our church at this hour. God has allowed things that happened in our church. Just like he allowed it to happen with Cain and Abel. And guess what time we are in? We are in the time where God has come face to face to take vengeance over the enemy. To do justice for what was done to Abel. To do justice for all the innocent blood that was shed and the blood that is cried out to the Father. To the blood that he respected. To the blood that trusted Cain. To the blood that Loved Cain to the blood that loved God. God has come to take vengeance. God has come to take vengeance. God came to Cain before Cain was going to do this. And God spoke to Cain to correct him, to bless him. But Cain was so wicked. No matter what God spoke, Cain was wicked and murderous. And what happened? God made sure. Death is not going to come to you, Cain, that easily. You're going to be in a place where you're going to be miserable. Even if you wish to die, death won't come to you, Cain. God will make sure that you stay miserable. That you pay for every drop of blood that you shed. Innocent blood that you shed. There's a prophecy God is giving to this church at this hour. May the fear of the Lord fall upon this church. That no one takes 
the blessing of God for granted. Let no one take what God has done for granted. Let no one take, well, I am the firstborn here on the face of the earth. First delivery that took place. Doesn't matter. Whether you are the first or whether you are the last, doesn't matter. Are you right before God? Are you being devious? Are you being wicked before God? How are you standing before God? What is your motive? Why are you doing what you're doing? The eyes of the Lord, they run to and fro looking to see whose hearts are loyal towards Him. Now Cain talked with Abel his brother. And it came to pass when they were in the field that Cain rose up against Abel his brother and killed him. Then the Lord said to Cain, Where is Abel your brother? A lot of drama going on here. Where Cain acts as if he's so good, he's so innocent that he doesn't know what's happening. Who killed Abel by the way? Oh, I'm so sorry to hear that. Oh, I'm praying for you. Well, I'm praying for the family of Abel that God will comfort. Really. God is watching over every single thing that happens on the face of the earth. Especially when it comes to His people. Especially when it comes to His beloved Abel's that are out there. That are suffering as a result of murderous Cain. Now, God comes there again. The very same God who came to him before the murder, came to him after the murder. He comes and he says, where is Abel, your brother? He just doesn't say, where is Abel? Who is Abel? Your brother. If you belong to the house of God and you are in the family of God, every brother, every sister that is there in the body of Jesus Christ is your brother. You're accountable to God for every soul. Never despise another person who sits next to you. Never think you're better than someone. Never despise another one who is praying, thinking that, oh, they're praying this way. They are praying to God. Be very careful. Never despise another brother or sister's testimony. Never put anyone down. Never get jealous of what God is doing in their lives. These are the qualities of Lucifer that will take you down to the depths of hell where there is a point of no return. Be very careful. God comes and he's asking Abel. God comes and he asks Cain, Where is your brother Abel? Where is he? Where is your brother? He said, I do not know. Am I my brother's keeper? Wow. Wow. What a murderer. The God who sees everything. The God who saw and rejected his offering. He's talking to this God with no reverence, no fear. No fear whatsoever. He's lying to him. Imagine. How he would have brought his offering to God to begin with, if he's like this. Whatever we are seeing is what is in his heart, manifestation. God comes, the Lord said to Cain, anytime you read the word Lord in the Bible, understand this. Lord means the one who rules over everything. It's not that God came to him, not the creator God. Now this is the Lord over everything. He's coming and he's asking, 
the biggest boss coming and asking Cain, where is Abel, your brother? And he said, I do not know. And look at the arrogance. Am I my brother's keeper? God is seeing everything. He knows everything. And he's coming and asking. He's asking, where is Abel, your brother? He's saying, am I my brother's keeper? What in the world are you talking about? Why are you coming and asking me? I don't know. You go find for yourself. Am I his keeper? Well, he should be his keeper. Look at the arrogance. After murdering, no remorse and no repentance we see in Cain. With arrogance, he is talking to who? The living God, the Lord God. And he said, what have you done? Who said? The Lord said to him. What have you done? The voice of your brother's blood cries out to me from the ground. Once the sin was exposed, what came swiftly after that? The judgment of God. So now you are cursed from the earth, which has opened its mouth to receive your brother's blood from your hand. He's getting the judgment, the payment of sin. When you till the ground, it shall no longer yield its strength to you. For Adam, what was the curse? You're going to till with the sweat of your body. That means you're going to really work hard to get the produce. But for Cain, what? You work so hard, you work so hard, nothing will come for you. Wherever you go, your ground will be barren. Heaven will be like brass and earth will be like iron. That's how God made it for Cain. Why? Because on that ground, shed the blood of the innocent man. Will that ground be ever be able to produce anything good for this murderer? No. No. When you till the ground, it shall no longer yield its strength to you. A fugitive and a vagabond shall it be on earth. What is that? You're going to be tormented. You're not going to live in peace. You're just going to be a wanderer in this world. This is how you're going to be. Now Cain said to the Lord, Oh, my punishment is greater than I can bear. Really? Wow. What is interesting with the murderers, I see, is, they go and murder other people, but when it comes to their life, Oh, I don't want to go to jail. I don't want to die. Very interesting to see this. Oh, I don't want something bad to happen to me. Really? That's exactly what Cain did. After he murdered Abel and spoke so arrogantly to God, had no remorse whatsoever for what he did. Before God Almighty, no repentance. Now what does he want? He wants to escape the punishment. No repentance. But he wants to escape the punishment. My punishment is greater than what I can bear. Surely, you have driven me out this day from the face of the ground. I shall be hidden from your face. I shall be a fugitive and a vagabond on the earth. And it will happen that anyone who finds me will kill me. He pretty much knows what will happen to him. 
He pretty much knows what will happen to him. Now, God is very wise. God didn't say, well, if anyone finds you, they will kill you and it will be over. No. God is a God who makes sure. I will make sure. Did you stay here? Roam around like a vagabond. You stay here. Roam around like a fugitive. You stay here and roam around. You will hear the blood of your innocent brother. Night and day. Night and day. Because of what you did. And the Lord said to him, Therefore, whoever kills Cain, vengeance shall be taken on him sevenfold. And the Lord set a mark on Cain, lest anyone finding him should kill him. It's not like God had mercy on Cain and God said, Well, I'm going to let you live. He's going to live a very miserable life. It's better to die than to live. God made sure you live to reap your consequence. You live to reap what you sowed. Death will not come that easily and God put a mark on Cain there are many people in this world who are living like that having shed innocent blood marked by God the life of misery death will not come even if they long for they will stay to see what they have done God is speaking to our church at this hour judgment begins at the house of God be very careful when it comes to the presence of God with the people of God who are here. When you come to the house of God, come with reverence. When you come to God to offer anything, offer with great fear and trembling and joy and, and gratitude that God has given me the ability to give and God Almighty is receiving it from me. Heaven is His throne and earth is His footstool. All silver and gold is His. What is that? Even if you just give billions and billions to God. It's nothing before God. All the gold, all the silver, everything belongs to God. Here and everywhere. But it's the love of God and the mercy of God. That He even comes and looks at what we're giving. And receives what we're giving and has regard for us and regard for our offering. What a privilege. May God help us to be faithful to God. May God help us to be sincere to God. May God help us to be people of God who have that integrity in the bottom of our hearts. Always know that when you follow the Lord and you do that which is right before God Almighty, God sees everything you do. He sees your offering. He sees your giving. He sees your Work, he sees what is being done to you. He sees what Cain is about to do. And he goes and he intervenes. But still, Cain is bent on doing what he wants to do because he's purely wicked. Abel has no clue. God sees that as well. And God comes Long after Abel is gone, his blood is still there. God came after the murder was done. He didn't come before that. Like I said, God didn't come and say, stop it to Cain. And God didn't come and punish him. No. He allowed it to happen. There are things in our lives God will allow to happen. 
that God will come and take vengeance over the enemy. God will repay. Vengeance is mine. I will repay, says the Lord. When He takes vengeance and when He repays, no human can bear that. So don't fall into the hands of the living God. It's a fearful thing to fall into the hands of the living God. Our God is a God of justice. A God of justice and a God of mercy. And a God who is slow to anger and plenteous in mercy. That's when Cain thought that he can go and talk arrogantly to God. And God came and asked, What have you done? Where is your brother? God was so nice. You look at how God deals with a murderer. God was not somebody who just came and who just said, You murderer, what have you done? No. God came to him in a nice way. Why? Because that's who he is. When he takes action, it is done. He's a good God. He came to Cain and he asked him, Where is your brother, Cain? Where is your brother? If he would have repented, he would have cried out to God, God, I've done this. Forgive me. He would have still had the consequences. But Cain chose not to repent. There's no evidence of Cain repenting for the crime that he committed here before God by killing his brother Abel. Even after God spoke to him. Even after God has uncovered everything. All he cared about was, Oh, this is hard for me to bear. Very interesting, right? It was very easy for him to kill his brother. It's very easy for him to trick his brother. It's very easy for him to put on a show until the day of murder. But when it came to his life, Oh, people will kill me. Doesn't make sense. But that's what happened. And it still happens to this day. Self-centered, vengeful, prideful people will fall into this pit. Where they take themselves to a place where they themselves close the door to the mercy of God. They themselves close the door to the mercy of God. You see, Cain closed the door to the mercy of God. His sin followed him wherever he went. Because he killed a righteous person. He killed a person that God had regard for. It appeared as if God didn't protect the one that trusted in Him and gave His best to Him. But that's not true. God was watching everything in God's sovereign plan. God said, let this happen. I'm going to deal with this. Abel has received an honorable seat in heaven. Our lives are temporary on earth. Sometimes God intervenes, like how He did with Isaac, because God had a plan for Isaac's life. Sometimes God allows things to happen 
where he comes and takes vengeance after that. Whatever the case may be, we need to know that God is watching all the time. Especially when it comes to his people, God is watching all the time. We never think that whatever I do in secret will stay as a secret. No. The Bible says, Jesus said this, whatever is in the secret will be revealed openly. Whatever is done in the secret will be brought out to the open. Because God is a God of justice. When you do good things in secret, God will bring that openly and reward you. Whatever bad things you do secretly, God will bring that openly and He will reward you. Based on the fruit of your, the works of your hand, you will reap the fruit thereof. As we close our eyes today, we need to have the understanding that our God is sovereign over everything. That our God is watching over us. That God gives an equal opportunity to every single person before He judges. Because He's fair. Before He judged Cain, before He allowed something to happen, He gave plenty of room for Cain. And God came and spoke to Cain. Gave him an opportunity to make it right. But Cain chose not to do that. Cain chose to be a murderer. Cain chose to murder his innocent brother by tricking him, by acting nice, by talking nice, by behaving nice. And God came and came to Cain not before, not during, not even right after the murder. It was not even like he murdered him and then boom, God appeared appeared at the scene and he said, what have you done? No. Obviously, God came to him after Cain did everything and he felt everything was done. And nobody is going to do anything about it. I'm so happy now. Abel is gone. That's what Cain thought. But after everything was done, God is coming. When Cain is away from the murder scene, when Cain very cunningly hid all his evidence, God comes to him and he's asking, Where is Abel? Where is Abel, your brother? For those who act smart with God, that means use the cunning, crafty wisdom of Satan to foil the plan of God, to bring down the people of God, God will be very, very crafty with them. God will deal, deal with them in a very shrewd way before He executes judgment. And when He executes judgment, it will be a judgment that falls upon the person in a very righteous way because plenty of grace was given. Plenty of mercy was shown. And now, it's God's time. You see, in Cain's case, he had no heart to repent, even after God coming and talking to him. When the murder was over, even then he didn't repent. He didn't repent before the murder, he didn't repent after the murder. 
Anyway, someone who carried the curse of God and lived on the face of the earth until he died. May God speak to our hearts today and cause us to have the fear of God so that we never fall into the trap of the enemy or never blame the devil for everything. For sure, Satan wanted to corrupt the firstborn in Adam and Eve's family because there was the first human being that was born. But who actually listened to Satan and who actually acted upon what Satan brought? It was Cain. That's why, you see, Cain was punished. You don't see another serpent coming here and you don't see another anything involved here where God punished that creature like you see in the Garden of Eden. The serpent was punished already. But here, Cain receives the wrath of God and the punishment that came from God upon himself only. We will bear the consequences alone if we presumptuously choose to defy God, to go against God and His people, His beloved people. May God help us to have a clear understanding of what the Holy Spirit is speaking to our hearts at this hour. Vengeance is mine, I will repay, says the Lord. And God will act swiftly, like a man that will tread on the grapes. God will tread upon his enemies. This is a prophecy God is giving to our church. God will tread upon the enemies of God. Just like how a man would tread upon the grapes. And how the grape juice comes. God will make sure that the enemies are completely, completely brought out. And God's justice will be served. God himself will trample. God himself will tread upon our enemies. With God we shall do valiantly. It is he who shall tread down our enemies. As we close our eyes and look to the Lord tonight, we will have a deeper understanding of who God is and how we come to the presence of God, how we must come to the presence of God, how we should give the offering, how we must give the offering to God with a pure and contrite heart, humble heart, knowing that it is God Almighty that we are going to. It is God Almighty that we are facing it is God Almighty that we are taking ourselves to when we go to the house of God or even your home, family prayer, personal prayer. Never despise the presence of God, never take the presence of God lightly. When you're in the house of God, when you're in the presence of God, wherever you are, God is there. He is watching. Whatever you're speaking, to whomever you're speaking, God is hearing. How you are and whatever you're holding in your heart, bitterness, whatever it is, God is seeing that too. How your attitude is and how your face changes, God is watching that too. Just like how he watched Cain, he's watching you also. Cain could have had a good end. He could have had a good medal. But he chose not to. He chose God's wrath 
instead of God's blessing. He despised God. He despised his brother whom God loved. He despised the opportunity that God gave him to rectify his mistake, rectify his sin, rectify his presumptuous sin. But he took the grace of God and the mercy of God for granted. Therefore, he himself fell into the pit he dug, where he was judged by his own actions, by his own will of not wanting to repent, by his own will of choosing death over life. May it never happen to anyone who is present here in our church, I pray. That every single person here be very careful, take heed. God is working in our midst. Be someone who will be open before God. Who will be willing to take correction. Cain was not like that when he was corrected. He didn't like it. He didn't want to correct himself. Pastor says something, I'm not going to do it. Why should I do it? Who is he? Who is she to tell me? I will decide myself. I will pray and I will decide. There are people like that. It, it really appalls me when I hear those statements. After seeing so many miracles in the church, after seeing so many things God say and bring it to pass, when God speaks through the servant of God in such a nice way, just like how God spoke to Cain, in such a loving way, there are people who say, well, I'll decide, I'll pray, I'll seek the Lord and I'll let you know. It's very scary. That's how much pride Cain fell because of that. When God comes and corrects a person, when God comes and corrects you, whether it's through a meeting or in a personal conversation, it's the love of God that comes to you to correct you, to make you see that, yes, it's not acceptable to God. But you want to have this accepted by God, then change it. Change the way you are presenting it to God. Change the way you're behaving. Your attitude must change. Your lifestyle must change. The way you are coming to the house of God must change. Anytime God addresses certain things, it's important to take it and obey. Never be like Cain. Once you get yourself ejected out of the path that God has placed you. And you place yourself in the broad way. You've given yourself over to whatever demon that is in charge of that way that will lead you full force into destruction. May God help you to be sober. Be sober. Be vigilant. The adversary, the enemy, he's going around looking to see whom he may devour. There's a spirit of delusion that the enemy has sent, trying to see whom he can catch. We're praying for every single person in our church that no one would fall as a prey to this. There are some who directly wrote to me saying that I'm being troubled by the enemy. This is not what I want, but the enemy is bringing this to me. When they wrote to me, I knew exactly where it's coming from, why they are going through what they are going through. It's not because of something that they did. 
is because the enemy wants their downfall. But God has us praying for them. And God sees that they are sincerely seeking God and God will keep them from falling. God is not going to let them fall. Never hide anything. If you see you are going through some trouble, reach out. Even though we are going through much in the midst of all of this, we are still doing the work of God, still pouring ourselves out according to however God leads us to in the midst of all of this. So never hold back Never think that oh, I'll handle this myself. And never be deceived by the enemy. Be very careful. God is in our midst. Therefore you shall not be moved. God is in our midst. Therefore you shall not be shaken. God is in our midst. Every person that God has brought here, as we pray, God will keep us in the house of God. And see to it that you grow in the presence of God. As long as you say, Lord, this is what I want. That I will stay. I'm not going to give in to deception. I'm not going to give in to delusion. It's very important. May God help you to see the scriptures as you should. Keep the word of God right in front of you. Keep God as your primary focus. And run the race that God has given to you by keeping your eyes on Jesus, the author and the finisher of your faith. Thank you, Father. May the Lord bless us and keep us. May the Lord cause His face to shine upon us and be gracious to us. May the Lord lift up His countenance upon us and bless us with His peace. May the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, may the love of God the Father, and the sweet fellowship of His Holy Spirit rest and remain with us all, now and until we see Jesus face to face. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Jesus.